Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. Today's another AMA episode, that is, Ask Me Anything. I'd love to answer your questions. If you have a question you think is going to be of broad interest, send it in. I'll answer it live on the air. Send your questions to victor at victorjm.com. That's victor at victorjm.com. Today's question comes from Jazdeep in northern Michigan. She has quite a lengthy question, so I'm going to summarize it. We acquired a hotel from an absentee owner who had allowed the hotel to fall into disrepair over the past 20 years. The property became a blight in the city. We're experienced hotel owner-operators. We had a hard time finding a contractor to take on this project. We ultimately did hire a contractor who acted unprofessionally and eventually worked to sabotage the project. In the ensuing dispute, the contractor caused city inspections, resulting in a red tag being placed on the building, revoking the certificate of occupancy, and then further filed a mechanics lien on the property in excess of $400,000. They even contacted the local press, who wrote a defamatory article on the hotel. I would appreciate any thoughts you might have on our situation. Well, Jazz, this is a great question, and there's a lot of moving parts to your situation. There are several different directions we can take this discussion. Number one, what were some of the root cause failures that seem to have happened in this case? Number two, how could you fix it? And number three, are there some remaining blind spots? So on today's show, I'll provide a perspective on where I see some of the early mistakes. I'm inclined to point out some of those root cause failures. Yeah, you hired the wrong contractor, that's clear, but the damage is done. I don't know that I feel fully equipped to advise you on what to do next, but I can give you some ideas. I just don't know enough about the breadth of your circumstances. So the perspective I'll provide is a bit more general. It may or may not be a perfect fit to your circumstance. And then finally, I'll talk about number three, where there might be some blind spots remaining. Sadly, your situation is all too common. It happens with stunning regularity. When dealing with contractors, there are three tiers of contractors. I call that bottom tier of contractors two guys in a pickup truck. The middle tier are those established companies. They're professional and they have lots of systems and processes with multiple crews and projects. They're typically in the 30 to $100 million a year kind of business. And then you've got the top tier companies that complete several hundred million a year in construction projects. Unless you're prepared to hand manage the general contractor, I would stay away from that bottom tier of contractors at all costs. There's simply too many cases of stories like yours attached to the small contractors. You might be concerned that the top tier companies would be too expensive or won't give you any attention. You'd be surprised to learn that even large companies might take on small projects as gap filler projects. Now from our conversation that you and I had over the phone, it seems like you're dealing with a general contractor alone to put together the package for the building permit. The contractor was operating with no oversight and clearly was resisting oversight of any kind. And true professionals don't behave that way. Resisting oversight is a huge red flag to me. When pulling a building permit, the architect is always involved in the process, at least when we do it. Architect involvement shows the city and the contractor you're serious. Even for small projects that arguably could be done without an architect, we will engage an architect on an hourly basis. When you're dealing with an older building, you often trigger upgrades to the latest revision of the building code whenever you open up pre-existing conditions. Engaging an architect ensures that you have fewer surprises of that type. They'll advise you on the building code what to touch and what not to touch. When dealing with a general contractor, you need to make it clear that there will be an owner or an owner's representative having on-site oversight. And if they don't accept that level of transparency, then they're not the contractor for you. 
I also recommend that you perform basic level of due diligence on the contractor. For example, I looked at the letter that was prepared by the contractor's attorney, and when I went to search for the name of the contractor in Michigan, I could not find that name either at the state level in the company records or as a licensed contractor. I don't know what that means. I don't know if they're licensed to work in the state of Michigan or not, but I just couldn't find it. I'm reminded of a quote from Tony Robbins. He says that whenever something's not working, the path to the solution involves raising your standards. Now, you have a particular situation where you've got a mechanics lien. And in most jurisdictions, a mechanics lien can literally hold a project hostage. You can often overcome the mechanics lien by bonding over the lien and taking the dispute outside the real estate and into the legal system. If you're confident in your position with respect to the contractor, the cost of tying up that additional capital for the bond while the dispute is resolved could be small compared with the cost of being extorted by a crooked contractor. If you have a trail of proof of wrongdoing by your contractor, you may have a strong counterclaim, and if that's the case, I would suggest an aggressive countersuit combined with bonding over the lien. Then I would go back to the city with a new set of contractors and most importantly, an architect who's well-known to the city and trusted by the city. It's about re-establishing trust with the city officials that you're going to do the project by the book. You might experience a short period of vacancy, but it shouldn't take all that long with the right people involved to recover your certificate of occupancy. I would also ask that trusted architect that you hire to do some digging on your behalf to find out what's really behind the items that are surprising to you. It is a sticky situation, but it's surprisingly common. The most important thing is you don't allow yourself to get backed into a corner financially. Bringing in additional investment capital to bond over the lien is the key to making sure that doesn't happen. I want to thank you, Just Deep, for a great question. And for the listeners at home, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.